The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am your host, Dr. Drayvon James, and I am super excited to have you here with us today on the Unity Online Radio Network, where we explore the concept of developing a life of peace every day. Can you even imagine such a thing? We do this every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or whatever time it is right now in your corner of the world. And yes, that's right. Peace every day. It sounds like a big charge and a big, big thing to try to do. But we do it. We talk about it. And we're living a life that's working towards it. And this is what I know. That you can have peace every day. You deserve it. And you can have it. It may take a little work, but you are so worth it. You are so worth it. Listen, I am a mom of two teenagers, busy, busy household. I work full time. I'm an actress. I'm an author. I'm the creator of Everyday Peace with Dr. Trayvon James, where I travel doing keynote speaking and workshopping. And just like you, my days are long and busy. But let us not use the fact that we are busy to miss out on the rewards of having a life of peace every day. And I know even as I say that, I can see some people in my mind just shaking their heads saying, she's crazy. You can't have it. We define peace as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Now, ask yourself, do you want to feel whole Every day, is there one second of your day that you don't deserve to feel whole and complete no matter what's going on in the external world? Yeah, you do. You deserve that feeling and it is possible. Well, on top of that, it's February, the month of love. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Pops up on us on on Thursday, Thursday of this week. And so I thought, We should spend some time talking about relationships because, you know, I talk about all of our goals, all of our desires fall into what I call the big three. They're either health, wealth or relationship. So we're going to talk about relationship because in order to have a life of peace every day, we need balance. We need balance in all three of those categories. And guess what? Those three categories also represent the three categories that we'll have challenges in health wealth, and relationship. And relationship is big because right now, right now, this time of year, people are evaluating their their relationship status. They're either, you know, happy about where they are or not happy about where they are, trying to maintain or trying to move on. There are a number of things happening and there's some things that we're not considering that we're going to talk about today. It is my pleasure my pleasure to bring to you today our wonderful go- uh, guest that we have with us today, Deborah Riggs, and she is going to be sharing with us some information on relationships. She is the author of many, many books, including Addicted, 
one woman's spiritual journey through emotional dependency, and why did he break up with me? Lessons in love, loss, and letting go. She's also an editor, a book midwife. When I first heard that term, it took me a moment to get it, but I absolutely love it. A, a book midwife, an attorney, and the founder of Sisters Gathering to Heal. Sisters Gathering to Heal. So she's doing a lot of relationship work, a lot of relationship work. And I'm honored to have her on the program today as we talk about how to get the love that we crave. Deborah M. Riggs, welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Hi, Dr. Drayvon James. This is Deborah Riggs. I pronounce my name Ricks. Ricks. I, I, I keep, say, I keep Ricks. saying that wrong, don't I? <laughs> keep, keep the G. I apologize. <laughs> Ricks. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're, it's, it's our pleasure. And we're talking about relationships today. Relationships. And I know it's on everybody's mind, like I said, because it's February 14th. I'm coming up right around the corner. We're hypersensitive to it with all the Valentine's Day out of the out stuff out there. But I got to tell people that I honestly believe that what happens on February 14th is no indicator of what's happening the other 364 days out of the year. And though, and we want to have a life of wholeness where this is concerned, where our relationships are concerned. And, and I'm a person, I gotta tell you, I got two kids. I do Valentine's Day big for my kids. I, you know, I do all the hearts and, I do it. My my daughter said to me this year, mom, don't do it. I'm going to duplicate that for you. But when I talk about relationships, I'm not only just talking about romantic relationships. I'm just really talking about relationships and all of them involve the heart. All of them stem from the heart. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad you so broaden it to include other relationships because uh, it came to me this morning Valentine's Day is Thursday. And I said, well, for people who don't have a boo, don't have a beloved, don't have a spouse, how can we celebrate that day? And it just came to me, value me day. And I, I said, love that. Yeah. Value me day. Yes, value me day. Because some people, as you stated, they are on the cups of, you know, of a relationship. They're exiting a relationship. Some people's relationships are not in a good place. So, um, so it's, of course, somebody's trying to call me <laughs> when I'm talking. Um, so to focus on one day and let that define what you think about yourself determine how you feel about yourself is so unfair to yourself. So regardless of whether you're married or you're single or you're engaged or value me day. It applies I love it. Value me. And that's really what we're talking about today too. And we're talking about this getting the love that you crave. And I, I want to just hop right in there because I know I hear this a lot with the people that I talk with in my uh, practice as a clinical pharmacist and as a person who does peace talks all around the, the way here, I hear people tell me a lot how lonely they are. Loneliness is, is big, especially in our elderly community, but people are just lonely and 
you can't dismiss that. It seems to be um, magnified when we're when we're having celebrating a day that's um, Valentine's Day. It seems to be magnified that loneliness. I heard somebody talking to me about it today, just you know wanting to be a part of something, but. Before you can have that external experience, and we all are meant to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. I know that that's a genuine desire, and I have my thoughts as to why I believe that is. But before you can get there, before you can get there, you really got to embrace this term that you coined, which is value me day. You know what, Dr. James? Um Loneliness is at an epidemic level across the world and it's such a big issue that in the UK uh, they have appointed a minister of loneliness to tackle the problem. And it's not just affecting the elderly. It's affecting people of all ages. In fact, Studies show that the millennials are lonelier than the elderly or just as lonely because this uh, an illusion of connection through social media is exacerbating the problem. You see, so uh, loneliness, everybody will experience it at some point of your life because you come into this world alone and you can spend a great deal of that time alone. And so even people, and this is for people who are single and think that the grass is greener on the other side with married people, some of the loneliest people are married. Absolutely. They're in a partnership, but because they are not getting their desires and needs met, they're not really connected with their partner. And as you are alluding to, they're not connected with themselves. They are extremely lonely. And I, for yeah. one, I'd rather be alone if, <laughs> and, and, and not be lonely than to be in a partnership that's not feeding me. And that there's no yeah. shade on that, that partnership, but there are many, many people who are faking the funk who you see in the grocery store, and they look like the perfect couple, and they go home, they go to separate bedrooms. That's the reality of it. You touched on a few things. Because I remember being in high school, and this is way before social media, and being very, very lonely. Like, I would want to hang out with people. I wanted to be that girl who has so many other girlfriends and my phone was ringing off the hook. And unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I was not that person. But what I learned through that process was to really develop a relationship with me. So I got to know Drayvon. And as I talked to my children who were millennials and growing up in the social media and I hear the same sense of loneliness. And I tell them the same thing. Fall in love with you. 
that's why that's how you attract external situations get to know you don't rush through that process and mm-hmm. that when we talk about relationship you're absolutely right you can have a relationship that looks absolutely perfect on the outside but the but it's hollow it takes a lot of courage to move beyond that relationship to put that to bed so to speak take some time with yourself and then maybe move on to something that's more gratifying would you agree sure absolutely i think yeah as we are touching on this whole matter of self love uh, is fundamental to any good relationship. And as we talked about before we got on the air, uh, self-love practices, they must be engaged in daily. And once you're in a relationship, they don't stop. And I, for one, am, I just, I always say, deeply committed to learning to love myself, deepening that self-love, and supporting other people in doing the same thing. Because sometimes we think if we could just get that other person, if we could just get that husband, if we could just get that wife, if we could just get that partner of whatever gender, we think that that will alleviate our our loneliness, and we think that that will make it redundant to love ourselves. And the truth is, is that there's no love. There's no love that can make self-love irrelevant. And so we must engage in that. And because it is so easy, you know, we talk about, you know, a lot of times people say, yeah, we talk about self-love. You talk about self-love, but how? And I know we will address that uh, in the second half of the hour, Uh, but just know that it is possible to to love yourself, but it's an ongoing journey. It's a lifelong endeavor. It's not something you do when you're done. You're not, you just started today. And then if you do it for 365 days next year, this time, you will have arrived. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm very passionate about it because I grew up in a, in a household where my father, charming minister father, who uh, seemed to just adore my other five sisters, just didn't seem to love me. And I say seem to, but I really would just be honest with you. When I wrote my first book, Love Addicted, I say he just didn't love me. He didn't accept me. He rejected me. He stopped giving me lunch money at 14, stopped giving me school money at 14. I had to get out there in the world and make some money so that I could finish school. And so the stage was set for me to feel unlovable and damaged. And so since that time, and I would say I started when I was about 15, I just kind of made up my mind that I would make it with him or without him. 
And I've been on that journey ever since, and it hasn't stopped. And and a relationship, in fact, an intimate relationship with a man, I've found, will very often trigger those areas within me that are still wounded and unhealed, that need more love and attention. So it's a fallacy to getting into a relationship. It's just like people who think that the answer to all problems is becoming rich. Now, of course, it is very, you know, it's very much, I mean, it's hard to not to believe that uh, if I'm poor and I become rich, that it's, you know, going to solve all my problems, that that's not going to be the answer. But a relationship is not going to solve all your love problems. So you get into a relationship right. and you realize how little you love yourself, and actually you have just begun the love journey. <laughs> Right, because I want to speak to that for one second, because you just hit on something really, really big. Sometimes a relationship, an external relationship, is distracting. And we're using it to distract or cover up the pain that's there. It, we're believing maybe that if this relationship is deep enough, it will absolve us of having to deal with the root of the pain. And it, it's no external relationship is big enough to, to do that. And it's almost unfair to ask an external relationship to do that. But because we don't give ourselves time and we don't have the, probably the expertise, because I know that self-love is not something that's talked a lot about. We, I just, I'm, I'm in the middle of a tour right now called the self-love explosion tour for this very reason, because people have things inside of them that prevent them or they allow them to prevent them from taking care of themselves on so many levels. And the belief that somebody else can come along and take care of that wound, it's not going to happen. And we find out so late. We spent our whole life looking for some external, you know, ointment or something to rub on this hole, this hole that that pain left. And it's really that we got to love on ourselves from from the inside. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And, and just talking a little bit about that father daughter relationship. I, maybe you've heard it too, but when I talk to women. That is one of the biggest commonalities is either the absentee father or the father who withheld love, like you're explaining to us, that starts a spiral of this looking for love in all the wrong places, if you will, meaning looking for it externally. I think that's a big thing for us to hit on us for the audience to realize is that there are so many things that could happen in our past that we have to deal with. You have to, I was in a lecture somewhere and the speaker said, every healed person needs a pastor and a therapist because there are so many issues that don't get uncovered. They just lie there. We don't ever deal with them. 
we take them to our grave and they we really don't live that full life because we are not dealing with these things that are hiding in the shadows. So what I, it takes me to thinking about your work that you do with sisters and healing. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Well, it, it comes out of my own work with myself. I know the pain of not loving myself, of, of what you talked about, in and out of a relationship, trying to find that validation, that love, and knowing that I have to take 100% responsibility for myself and for my work. I often talk about doing the work. And what I do with Sisters Gathering Heal is to uh, support, encourage women to take 100% responsibility for their life, for their um, experiences. That is very hard. We very often would like to say someone's doing this or that to us. Uh, but the truth of the matter is is that we are creators and we're creating all our experiences. Um, and so it's painful. You know, I'm I'm very I'm a fan of Abraham Hicks. I'm a fan of Eckhart Tolle. I was just listening to him earlier today talk about the pain body. And oh, yes. Uh, and and the truth is is that. Our relationships cannot be a hiding place because, as we spoke about earlier, when we get into them, we either, a lot of times, oh, we will lose ourselves trying to please that person or we, um, we, we give, 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 give too much. We don't know how to receive. We, um, we blame, we shame. The pain body attacks occur, you know, and so relationships are beautiful, and and every you know we're talking intimate now, they're beautiful, and and it's only human I think to desire to be in one, and yet uh, that's when the work really begins because you're gonna get triggered. I'm speaking from experience. You get triggered, and then you have to go. It's sort of like being in the boxing match. You know, in the boxing ring, you, then you have to go to your corner, you know, go to your corner. And, and what do they do in the corner? They they try to patch you up, fix you up, try to get you ready so you can go back out there. Well, when you're in a relationship, you have to have your practices. You have to know that whatever's going on between you and your partner, your beloved, and it's not him. He's just touching a space in you, a place within you that's yet to be healed, that's still wounded. And as, speaking for myself, I'm about my own experience, because of my experience with my father, I have lived my whole life dealing with abandonment issues. And it hasn't been completely healed. I, I had a conversation with God this morning about it because I, I said, now, I don't feel qualified. I'm going to be very transparent. I was like, I don't feel qualified to go on this show today and talk about getting the love you crave. 
And then Spirit spoke to me and told me to speak about, just be authentic and transparent and speak about your own experience. And my own experience is that every relationship comes to teach me. Every relationship comes to teach each one of us and to show us where we are not loving ourselves and where we need to put some more love. And so we, our, our beloved is there just to really help us finish growing up, and and that's what Harville Hendricks talks about in his love, in his book called Get the Love You, I think it's called Get the Love You Deserve or something of that matter, of the, of, you know, something like that. But I I love that, that, you know, that relationships really are assignments, as the Course in Miracles says. And we're they're, they're for the purpose of us healing. A lot of people think it's, it's so that we can get together and get a nice house and have two cars, and you know, and, and travel. Relationships are really about healing. And I wish more people understood that and appreciated that so that when they get into the these relationships, you know, we get into relationships with each other, then then we won't be so, um, you know, dismayed when the relationship is no longer feeling so good. Well, now this is the time to deepen the commitment to heal yourself and each other. Um, oh, so, I love that. Because yeah. most people it, it, don't... It, it's, really, it's, it, it's, it's really, you know, it's just that we are, we are, it's no accident when you attract a certain individual into your life. That person is perfect for helping you to heal. You just said something. Especially, especially, especially equipped to do so. Because if, they, if they're the ones pushing all your buttons, perfect. Now let's get to work. Right. <laughs> right. Let's, get, let's get to work. Because every <laughs> trial and tribulation that comes our way, has come to bow down and serve us on our journey. There's something that we can learn from that, should learn from that, so that we can move on and be the people that we want to be. We are going to go into a commercial break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about some practices for self-love. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, Please make your donation today by going to UnityOnlineRadio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. God is extravagant supply. 
forget that. Extravagant. God is extravagant supply. He brings forth the best robe. He spreads a banquet table, as we saw last night, with good things on which we may feast. He overflows our cup. He opens the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing. And then this is what that Unity Correspondence Course said. Why are you satisfied with such meager living when you may have so much? To find out more about Unity Teachings, visit unity.org. Did you know February 17th is the beginning of Kindness Week? It's a time to perform acts of kindness for others. And during that week only, Unity Books is offering a special deal on its random acts of kindness journal titled, Write It on Your Heart. Buy one and get one free. This beautiful book suggests different ways you can perform acts of kindness, then has room to journal about your experience. Find it at unitybooks.org slash kindness. If you've been on a spiritual path for a long time, what can you read that's new and exciting? Try Unity Magazine. It's designed for the seasoned spiritual student with in-depth articles and interviews about spiritual practices and philosophies. Our columnists share their own faith journeys and cover healing, science, and psychology with even a little scripture thrown in. You'll read some classic authors and some new ones. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. Stretch your mind and open your heart every Thursday at 10 a.m. Central with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien and the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way. Gain insights into spiritual principles that touch upon the most practical aspects of our lives, like work, relationships, health, and diet. Discover time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, a philosophy for living a more fulfilled life in today's hectic world. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back. We're back with our host, with our guest. I'm the host. (laughs) And we're going to be talking about some practices for self-love. But before we do that, I believe we have a caller waiting. Let's see. Janelle, are you there? Last week I dropped somebody, so I don't want to do that again all right we'll come back i don't think i dropped her but she's there deborah we're gonna go to our practices what do we do how do we get to a space where we are loving on ourselves on a regular and routine basis The first thing that I would say is to first accept that you are responsible 
for love being in your life. In other words, you don't have to have a partner to experience love. Self-love is love. So accept that it's your responsibility to generate the feeling of love, to know that if I am being loved, then I am experiencing love. Second, I would say take responsibility, 100% 100 responsibility for your life. Just know that the experiences that we are having, you're not a victim, even though I have felt it myself like a victim at times. And I'm not a victim. You're not a victim. You're not a victim of life. You're not a someone else's victim. You may have been betrayed in a relationship. You may have experienced a great deal of pain. You may have been abused. But there is a saying that either you encouraged it, invited it, promoted it, tolerated it, had had a part in it. You had a part in whatever happened in your life, whatever happens in your life. And it's not a burden. Just see it as an opportunity. It's like Gary Zukov says, when you discover you have an addiction, it's a time to celebrate because now you can do something about it. So in yeah. terms of daily practices, I say begin to treat yourself the way you say you want other people to treat you. And a lot of these things are not, okay, we know that you should exercise. I'm a big advocate of exercise. I've been doing it most of my life. Probably in all of my adult life I have been exercising. And it, it is a wonderful way to take care of yourself. So that's one thing you could do physically. Uh, there are some some things that I do and I, other people do. Some of the things I might share I may not do, but I'll let you know that one thing I do daily is I meditate. And a lot of times I was just telling a friend of mine just this morning doing a polo, I told her, I said, you know, sometimes when you meditate, it feels as if nothing is happening. It's like you're just sitting there and you don't feel any benefits at the moment. But when I was done meditating this morning and praying, oh, what a difference I felt. Some, some, some resentment and anger and, or fear that I was feeling uh, had dissolved. I was full of energy. I felt so good and joyful and optimistic and it just re- released some things. So on a daily basis, I, I wake up and I, I, I meditate. I, it's like you talked about doing your list of, what, gratitude list? Yes, I three, must, three items every day. Three items every day. And I, must, I must meditate. And I made a decision recently to not just pray in the morning, but to pray throughout the day. I mean, pray, you know, because I want 
the benefit of prayer when I'm challenged. So throughout the day, I could during the day I could have some uh, situation that I need to put some prayer on. Uh, so self love means tending to yourself in mind, body, and spirit. Really, just like tending to yourself. You know, uh, some people, and I, I don't like to leave these items out because make you feel good and better. Get your nails done because people do that ordinarily. But I, so that's not the top of my list. But I do get my nails done now because I don't like the energy that goes into how I feel when I'm sitting somewhere and my nails look bad. So I just I get them done because for that reason, because I don't want energy flowing into a place of regret. But some people they already do that. They already get their petties and manis. They get their hair done. So that's the, that's tending to your body, and no, there's nothing wrong with that. But go deeper and get a daily practice. Another thing that I do is that I I do inner child work, and I encourage anyone if you're not familiar with that, then look it up. Just everywhere. On the internet, you can find all just an abundance of information about inner child work. There are books and articles, and you can go to YouTube. It's just there's a plethora of of information out there. But inner child work, and I do that daily. And I also do Ho'oponopono. That's a Hawaiian prayer that a Dr. Hugh Lin used in this institution for the criminally insane, and he healed the entire ward just by doing this prayer. He didn't see the patients. He didn't talk to them. He just prayed over their files. And this ward was so violent that the the employees wouldn't come to work, and when they would come to work, they would have to walk down the hall with their backs to the wall for fear that the patients would attack them. And in four years, through Ho'oponopono, this ward was shut down because the patients got well and went home. And so if you're interested in that, I mean, it's a beautiful prayer. I do that daily. So I'm a big believer, Dr. James, in doing the spiritual work so if you, because I believe that what if I as I tend to my spirit and my soul and my heart, and that's another thing I, I do a lot of. Uh, I, I listen to YouTube and I do work to heal my wounded heart, my broken heart, my inner child. I I just I believe as we do that work, the rest of your life will follow. That's how I look at it. If I get this, this if I heal, as I heal and and I release anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and 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 deal with the shame and the guilt then what all of that stuff falls away now what's left is joy and happiness and peace and love and that's what i do and um, and and i and i am a i'm a mention exercise again because it is a spiritual practice for me actually so it's physical but it's beyond physical for me and so sometimes, you know, people have, um, studies have shown that people who exercise are less depressed than people who don't. Right. There's something about those endorphins. 
that are released mm -hmm. when we exercise and move the body. <clears throat> so it doesn't necessarily be that we're in a gym. We could be in nature. But when you get that endorphin release, there is clinical evidence that it is a really, really, really good treatment for, I won't say clinical depression, but I will say the blues. You know, just when you're feeling down and out of source, exercising and release of endorphins can change your mood, elevate your mood in a quick turnaround. So I'm a big proponent of that as well, too. Exercise. But I want to go back to this. I'm going to say it wrong, so forgive me. For the... Ho'oponopono. Ho'oponopono. Talk a little, is that really just a prayer? Or he's just somewhere reading this? And, and, and it's four statements. Some people change the, this first part, but I'm going to say it the way that I uh, I say it. And I changed it at one time because I actually used it for one of my gatherings. But, uh, okay, cause, so it's, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. It's just four statements, and you repeat those. And some folks who uh, who have written about it, they say you don't have to say all four statements. You just say, I love you. I encourage people to do some research. Don't take my word. Do some research. I do it daily. And so the purpose, let me say something about the intent of this prayer. The purpose of this prayer, because Dr. Hu Lin, what he his what he determined and what he concluded, he says the patients, all of those criminally insane patients, there was something in him that caused them to be that way. Now that's that's real radical for most people. So let's say you're in a relationship and it's not going as you desire. And you do the whole Oponopono prayer, not to change them, but to change what's in you, to heal what's in you that's creating that in them. I so, love this. It's <laughs> pretty powerful, isn't it? <laughs> I, I want to tell you that I, I heard that prayer before. I just didn't know the name of it. And now I want to go back to something that I do and I believe subconsciously it must have come from this <laughs> because I've been doing this for years. It's part of my self-talk and I teach it to people. So I want to give a proper credit to where it probably came from. But part of my self-love process for me is getting to know myself and really just sitting with myself and asking myself one question. Drayvon, how are you feeling today? And when I first started that practice, I want to tell you, I would go straight to the um, politically correct answer. I'm fine. And, but I, would, I stopped letting myself get away with that. I'd sit there and I'd say, no, I want to know how you're feeling today. And so I'd come up with, and a lot of times, I got to tell you, because of unresolved pain and I also suffer from abandonment issues. So a lot of time what come up for me was I feel 
pain. I feel sadness. I feel lonely. I feel scared. And I would unpack it. And I'd try to go to the source of that. And after all of that, I would say, I hear you. I understand. I love you. And just those three phrases would make me feel so stable on the earth where I had previously been walking scared. And, you know, when you have abandonment issues, there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of pretending. And that phrase, those three phrases helped me. Oh my gosh, way back when. And I still do them today. I still do that process today. So I'm sure that I've heard this phrase before. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. That's powerful. It just sounds so beautiful. And, and what you described sounds to me like inner child work. Because those are some mm-hmm. of the things I say when I'm doing my inner child work. And when I'm doing inner child work, the whole um, idea is to to listen to her. So when you you say, I hear you, and you ask her, how does she feel? Let me tell you something. One of the most important things we can do, one of the most self-loving things we can do is to, to, to do just what you said, is to ask ourselves, what am I feeling? How am I feeling? And to tell ourselves the truth. Because sometimes we are, we, very often we're carrying around, we're piling on top of this childhood pain, more pain from slights during the day, uh, something that your spouse said or didn't say, something that your coworker did or didn't do, and on and on and on, something that happened, it's in the grocery store, right? And so when I've noticed when I do that, I am I'm 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 clean clearing and cleansing because that's what the whole Ho'oponopono prayer is. So these practices for me they just start to kind of flow into one and one another, right? And as I clear and cleanse, then I'm not building more pain body. You see, uh, Tole talks about you know you have this pain body from your childhood, but you don't have to keep adding to it. So this practice you speak of and this that, that I do, the inner child work, what we're doing is helping ourselves not to add to our pain body. So by just acknowledging that what she said hurt my feelings because what we, as adults, a lot of times we don't want to acknowledge that a slight or a stranger doing something in the grocery store that, that hurt our feelings. But as a child because we have that little child in us, that little girl, that little boy in us, yes, that could very well hurt your feelings, and it's okay. It's okay that it hurts. And now you get a chance to tend to it, minister to it, love on yourself. And it, and in doing so, it's every day we're cleaning and clearing, we're cleansing and clearing and we are releasing so that then we're going to experience more peace every day. Every it's, day. It's just, it's just, it's, and, it's and that's just really what it's all about. Beautiful. And I, 
Go ahead. I cut you off. No, I'm saying the work we're talking about is really so beautiful. It's simple, but it, it requires a commitment and consistency, and people will see a difference. Now, you know, it. it, it as I, I said earlier, I'm still in. De- I still got a pain body. It's not as dense as it used to be. I still get triggered. That little girl, that abandoned little girl who was abandoned by her father still gets triggered. But I have an awareness now where I can see that it's not him doing something to me. It's he touched something. He 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 took me back somewhere. I got triggered. So then I can go and do my work and I can do, you know, and so it's not, it's, it's, it's just, it, it's just, it's just beautiful that we have these tools. Yes. And it's beautiful that we have each other too, because I want to say that as we go through this life, we are meant to have relationship. I believe this. I know this, but how that relationship forms and what form it takes is not always from a romantic state. It could be. There's nothing wrong with romance. And it's a wonderful thing. But as you mentioned at the beginning of the program, relationships come into our life teach us things. Good things happen in our life to teach us things. Things that we consider to be bad happen in our life to teach us things. It's all part of the process to help us along with our journey to reach the destination that we're designed to meet. So that first place, that first genuine earthly love has got to be of self. And I want to take it back to real basic stuff. When I got on this journey in my 20s, and again, another lonely period in my life, and I would say to myself, what is it that you want someone else to do for you you know because you get that place like oh all the other girls have boyfriends and this is going on and I would ask myself what is it that you want someone else to do for you meaning what is it Drayvon where are you feeling this emptiness where do you need to be loved on and oftentimes it went back to what you just talked about that pain body, that if someone else wasn't there externally, I had been abandoned. Mm -hmm. So I had to come to grips with the fact that I was never going to abandon me. Amen. And that meant that I was going to give Drayvon the things that she needed. The time, conversation, I'm one of the big things for me, guys, is self-talk. I am not going to criticize myself and join the bandwagon of other people who are criticizing me. Because I know that true change, sustainable change, comes from a place where you feel safe and loved. So when, you want to, when I want to change something about myself, and I encourage you when you want to change something about yourself, that you first remind yourself how lovable you are right now in your current state. 
and any changes would be an improvement, but it does not mean that you are bad or you're unworthy in your current state. So all those things I learned how to do for myself through self-talk. So I I think that's a big part of the self-love experience is listening to the things that you're saying to yourself and how you're saying them. Become very familiar with forgiveness and forgiveness of self first because that will help you to forgive all other things when you realize that these bodies that we have are going through a human experience. And as you mentioned earlier, you'll do things that offend people in the grocery store that you don't even know. And you didn't mean to, but you don't know what their circumstances are right now. And people will do things that will offend you and they don't mean to, but they don't know how tender and vulnerable you are right now. That forgiveness piece was a game changer for me. When I started forgiving Drayvon for everything, it meant that I could start forgiving other people for everything. Realizing that, you know, what's that phrase that Jesus says in the Bible? Forgive them, for they, they know, know not, not what, what they, they do. do. Uh, that's what began my healing with my father. I forgave him. Spirit told me to write him a letter. I was obedient. That began my journey toward healing that relationship and healing my heart. And like you said, I could, you know, just forgiving him. That was that that was huge. And a lot of people think forgiveness is about the other person and it's really not at all. It's about letting yourself off the hook. Not letting them off the hook, letting yourself off the hook. Because that pain lives within us when we are unforgiving. And you also mentioned something that made me think about self-compassion. And as a, as a conscious life design practitioner, you know, I didn't mention that in my intro, but I self-talk is something that we help people release in our life shops. So it's, there's so many tools available to us if we just commit and consistently engage in them. We can really heal our hearts. To me, that's um, that's the work for us to do. So that it as we work. do in within all our relationships, but the the closer the relationship, the more intimate the relationship, the more likely that person has the power to trigger stuff in us. So it makes the work in even more uh, imperative. When you're in a relationship and you or you're desiring a relationship, uh, and so I just encourage people. I, I I know we're right up on we're getting close to the hour being over, yeah. and I want uh, to, I like to give people my information so that they can reach out to me, and uh, we do have uh, a live shop coming up February 23rd. In fact. And uh, this is Conscious Life Design Systems, and I'm a facilitator with uh, Conscious Life Design Systems. And Drayvon, you just reminded me to mention it about the self-talk because that is a, a key component to uh, what we help to people do, and that's release their self-talk. And so you can reach me at DeborahMRicks at gmail.com, or you can go to um, write 
bookswell.com. Leave the information. And then there's sistersgatheringtheheal.com. And on you can leave, uh, you know, sign up for the newsletter. I haven't been, I've been on a sabbatical recently, uh, but if you want to reach out to me directly, it's deborahmricks at gmail.com. And I would love for you, if you live in a DMV area, to come to a life shop. It's February 23rd. Oh, the, they will be so blessed from that experience. It will really yes. unleash a <laughs> lot of stuff that you don't when you get it's like when you when you're unplugging your your drain and you're like oh my gosh all that hair is down there (laughs) you know you you pull up that hair and stuff and then the water flows through and you're like that's what that experience is like thanks for listening this is unity online radio the voice of an awakening world If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.